This is offensive to every member of my family, especially the side that likes sp- like actual food. No, and again, it was a controversy. It made the news many a time because everyone was like, what the hell is this recipe? But no one's ever were, had hot grape salad. But some people were like, grapes and sour cream. And some people were like, why would you bake it? <laughs> and those are different things. And everything <laughs> that made the liberal media news was like, fake news. It's no grape salads exist. That's, yeah. And, and that's that was what And that was what was making the rounds in the I news. I am here to set the record straight. There is grape salad. If you bake it, you're a heathen. <laughs> I am going to set the record straight also and no. say, if you acknowledge the existence of grape salad, you no. are a heathen no. too. No. No. Yes. Eat it. No. We'll just Put accept it it's no. white people nonsense. We have to get to the stupid this Midwestern fix. so mad. Welcome to Fine Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And we have a special guest wow. today wow. named Josie. I thought we were I thought I was no longer a special guest. I thought I don't know. that was a rule. It, but this is like a this is a this is a regular season episode, so maybe I don't know. Well, okay, but you're here for an extra special reason today though. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're hyping it up way too fast. Hey. Everyone's let's, first time is bad and awkward. Let's roll it back. <laughs> yes, right? Everyone let's, hype down. Let's, let's unhype. Let's, Josie let's is here unhype. for no particular reason let's besides we like down. her. <laughs> also, you like gave me this like poetic reason of like symmetry. Like I'm here for the opener and then I'm also here for the closer. I think closer. that's a good symmetrical justification. It is. It is. And that's <laughs> why I, it worked on me. Yeah. Josie will be here no matter what. So don't make it weird, you guys. Don't make it weird. Anyway. This is the season finale, part two. Part two. So we have seven fix for you this day. I think the most that we've ever had. And we broke it up into two parts because if we didn't want to give you 11 fix in one episode, that would be a lot. Okay. Claire was tasked to redo a drink. Yes. Do you have any guesses? Well, okay. Before... I studied it. It was like a pink. Before she asked you what was in it. Well, because it, 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 it had some like very notable like uh, like debris in it. And I was like, <laughs> I got oh, no. oh, to no. know what that is. Oh, no. I thought it was strawberry seeds. Cleared for me, it was raspberry. So I thought it was like a uh, honey boo-boo again because it's like very similar color. But you had done the honey boo-boo. Mm-hmm. So I knew that wasn't it. So um, everyone take their iPhone ooh, flashlight and take it, a gander um, at what the drink looks ooh, like. It's wait, got wait, bubbles. Wait. It's got the. It's sparkly. It's sparkly. And what drink oh. do we have that was sparkly? Um, it's fun when it swirls around. Wait, wait, have... wait, 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 wait. Oh, is it Twilight? Wait. No, Mm-mm. Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> this is a uh, Vinique Part Du. Wow. Wow. Um. So in season four, episode sixty-nine, <laughs> uh, Grace brought a drink that she called Victory uh, Vinique. Victory Vinique, and I remember it being. Okay. It was fine. <laughs> well, you're also, I mean, I guess you can drink Vanique by itself, but like you probably shouldn't. Yes. So anyway, so I was like, okay, mm. I'm going to try this. And um, you had put vodka, curacao and Prosecco and then shimmer. Because yes. mine so, was blue. Yes. So I went and researched what is Vanique. And Vanique is vodka and Moscato. Moscato. I know. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to find a drink that puts these together. And uh, I did find mm. like a spritzer punch thing. And so this mm. is the Vinique Part Du. It is two cups Moscato, two cups lemonade, two cups Sprite, Ooh. 
two cups vodka, and then it's equal parts. Yeah, Moscato and vodka. There's yes. Sprite in it, and Sprite. Interesting. Very punch. It feels yes. like mid good mid- Midwestern punch. And then the original recipe used strawberries, and I chose to use raspberries, and I thought that would pair better with the Moscato, which has kind of peachy, citrusy vibes. You're thinking ahead, and um, it was pretty funny because the original. Um, recipe that I found this and was kind of adapting from, they were like, this serves four. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and if you see before me this that looks picture. More than we, this is about half of it. Did you double it? No. I did not. And then I added this um, bubbly shimmer to it to make it shimmer. So oh. it moves around. It Love is it. shimmery. Love it. Um, but yeah, that's my Vinique part de... Hmm. Right. Clank. Clank. We got to think of a... Clank. Ah. Oh my god. Clink. There we go. Self clink. That was Self- my glass. Self clink. We're not gonna try it. Grace is too I'm far away. I'm drinking this out of a plastic cup. Hmm. Never would guess there's two cups dangerous. of Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely right? dangerous. It's juicy. I forget, okay, because it was um everybody and your mom has told you both and myself to read Jeanette McCurdy's book. Um I'm glad my mom died because it's very good. But in it <laughs> she's she's got a lot of stuff going on. But at one point she talks about how she's in a really bad place in her life and she starts drinking um glasses of wine with vodka in it. And I'm like, that sounds disgusting. And and now you it, get it. It can be done. I really I really shouldn't judge. I don't think there was anything else in it You're to like, like I'm sorry I question you, Jeanette. Blend, but I loved Vanique. So like I shouldn't I'm sorry, Jeanette, I shouldn't have judged you. <laughs> I don't really think I can taste it. I think there's like a little bit of sharpness, but also be- the raspberry has its own like tart it's taste. What, since we're not in raspberry season right mm. now, the raspberries are pretty tart. Mm. And so that yeah. was what is yeah. confusing is that when I was... But with how sweet Moscato is, like I yeah. don't mind it. But also Sprite is very like aggressive. Yes. It covers a lot of sins. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's why we use it in punch. <laughs> That's why we mix it with whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. No, it was, Sprite uh, and whiskey slush, baby. <laughs> So yeah. but this is good, though. I like it. But yeah, so if you need more, we got a whole we got more. picture. If we're going to be here a while. We'll probably drink it. And if you yeah. need more shimmer. <laughs> I want more shimmer. I have. The, what if um, I just want shimmer on I my body? If you want champagne just, shaved bottle. If you would like some. But wait, can you just like Tinkerbell me and just like blow it on my on my body? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm going first because Claire went first last time. So I'm going to read the request first, and then I'm going to explain the backstory. And also, I'm curious what you guys already know about this uh, particular film franchise. This is from Ariella, who I think we have heard from before, maybe as a patron, not sure, rated us on Spotify and sent us in an email to follow up saying that they have been listening to our podcast for about a year and it is their absolute favorite. They've listened to certain episodes, mainly Fifty Shades of Scarlet. more times than I'd care to admit and I never get tired of the banter Josie Sly comments from the background are always a treat as well Ah! guess what (laughs) guess what you get they're on mic now hell yeah good comments Sly comments. Sly comments. You could just like be over here and like Sly comments from the wait, the the corner, the back, the background. Uh, from the background. From the foreground. <laughs> Sly comments. In the foreground. All right, so this was their request. My fanfic request is for Grace just because she made an offhand comment about this movie once and has mentioned Anna Kendrick as I think a middle school crush, which is uh almost true. It is blending. It is a current It adult. is blending my real life and the fanfic that I've written. It is an adult crush. <laughs> it is an adult crush. I don't think I would have known about her in middle school anyway a picture this becca and chloe from pitch perfect actually kiss all that tension finally coming to fruition i don't have any preference for a certain scene in which they get to kiss but the shower scene from the first movie is definitely where my mind goes thanks for all the laughs here is to many more um yeah so what is you guys's history with the pitch perfect movies 
How much do I have to explain? I've seen them. I have not seen them, but I've heard of the cup song. Very surprising to me that you didn't even see the first one. Look. You were in show choir. Look. (laughs) I, well, when did they come out? I think I feel like we at were the in college. Beginning of college. Yeah, okay. I want to say like 2011. So that was why I think if I had been in high school I probably would have seen them. Yeah. Um but I was in college and I think that was during my shitty period of college where um Pitch I Perfect was a came serious. Out in 2012. Oh, it was pretty close. 2012. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a serious artist um and so I did not enjoy musicals at all. None. Never. I hate never. them. Never. Not I would never do a musical as a 20-year-old. No. That's so, really funny. I and I know what what uh Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they were in it and that's yes. about it. Cool. Okay. So we're coming in with very little, so I have to explain a lot. Great. Cool. I (laughs) saw Pitch Perfect uh, many a time. And I think many okay. a time I feel yeah. Well, yeah. it was one of those movies that like you because uh, it ha- came out in twenty twelve. It was one of those like you'd watch in like dorm rooms with your friends on like a yeah. computer, and it would just kind of be on. Yeah, maybe not for you, but <laughs> like, I'm sorry, not all of yeah, some of us were the opposite of a serious artist. I think in twenty twelve, I was actively writing One Direction fanfic. Yeah, so that's, I was. Yeah. I would say Pitch Perfect does match that vibe a little bit better. I was letting middle schoolers decide what I wrote instead of doing my homework. So Yeah, that's that's... not what I was doing. Okay, so uh, the basics of Pitch Perfect is that uh, there is a girl named Becca with one C. Um, Oh, unfortunate. I know. I had looked it up because I was like, is that right? (laughs) The answer is yes. Very uh, Katie, not Katie. Yes. You know, honestly, pretty, pretty much. She's a little, um, she's Anna Kendrick, but she's a little more like punky going to the school. Um, that's kind of, I think it's a private school. So it's like a little hoity toity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it, Barden, Barden. And that day on the quad where all the clubs are showing off their, their wares, she runs into Brittany Snow and, uh, the other one. Ah, oh, rip. <laughs> His name I forget. What? Isn't she dead? Brittany Snow? No, that's no? The, the other one. You're thinking of Brittany Murphy. I think. Yeah. They I mean, look very similar. They do look a little similar. But very yes. different ages. Maybe. I trust you. So this is Brittany Snow and she and she's alive. Um, <laughs> and that is uh, Brittany Murphy and she is sadly passed. You know, they don't look not alike. They Correct. Don't, they don't look dissimilar. Correct. But they are very different ages. Yes. If if they were both alive today, which yes. one of them is. It's Brittany Snow. <laughs> rip. Rip what Brittany Snow. <laughs> Here, here if, we, if we see Britney Snow with like a little more like smudged makeup, <laughs> a little more smoked out makeup. This is a new conspiracy <laughs> theory that Britney Murphy just is Britney Snow. Anyway, okay. Uh, see, anyway, see, see, they're, they're similar. They could, they could she actually die. She got a surgery to look like 10 years younger. They could play younger. each other in movies. Yeah, they could be a younger, older of each other. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anyway, the point is, the point is, there's an all-girl acapella group. They're kind of bad. There's a lot of quirky characters. Anna Kendrick reluctantly joins this acapella group and then like brings them all together through her uniqueness and like reluctant spunk. Uh, and that's wow, kind of- that's very 2012. And Rebel Wilson is also there cracking jokes the whole time. Okay. Second movie is roughly the same thing happens. <laughs> Where like they're kind of I did of bad. hear about that. I heard that they're just like carbon copies of the other. But yeah, because like they, they, but that's what we like about it. Well, like I mean, a lot yeah. of it's like the singing and the performance and like the quirky characters and like you can just like throw that stew together. Is there a cup song equivalent? And they, the they sing movie? the cup song together in the second movie around a campfire. So like mm-hmm. no, but yes. Um, and then the third movie, I don't really remember. I saw it one time because like I felt like I had to, and I, it's like more of the same. It just like is the world championships of acapella instead of the regional. <laughs> Don't yeah. ask questions. I don't remember how they got there. <laughs> this feels like a funny little romp, but uh, especially as the movies kept going, they got more aggressively queer baby with uh, Britney Snow and Anna Kendrick. 
where in the first one it was kind of hinted that like they're kind of like wink nudgy at each other and then the production saw the fans responding to that and made it even weirder and more explicit but then also like not in a way that we knew it was going to come to fruition and then in the third one it got so bad that like the promotional material was like are Becca and Chloe going to finally get together hearts around the edge of the border of the ad and then we would see the movie and literally no that's not even like entertained <sighs> as an option Fine. so like I forgot about a lot of that because I didn't really care about this movie. So I had qualms while writing this. So I tried to write it in a way that was like honoring the fans without being like totally honoring of like the movie. Fair. So okay. that's where we're coming in. You can do what you want. So this is a fic I entitled Talking Loud, Not Saying Much. Oh, fuck. I didn't think of a title. Because that is okay. I didn't, I, I didn't for a lot of not last all weeks. Of mine, not all of mine are winners. <laughs> they might not stay. <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one's pretty good because they sing Titanium. Oh, that's the first way that we're introduced to Britney Snow's character in the first movie is that Anna Kendrick singing naked in the shower and Britney Snow like pops in also naked and is like, oh my God, you can sing. And Anna Kendrick's like, I'm sorry, I am nude. Can like, you Get leave? out of the shower with me. And she's like, no, I would like you to sing Titanium. And Oh my so God. they sing Titanium Naked in the shower together. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty... It's played for laughs, but it's like weird. Yeah, yeah. It was it was funny in 2012. So that's what I'm going to say. So in the second movie, they go to a boot camp to like reconnect. Um, They're all smashed together into this tent. There's like maybe 12 of the uh, members. And Brittany Snow at one point rolls over to Anna Kendrick and is like, I'm so excited to be here with you. I think we're really going to discover a lot about each other. You know, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't do enough experimenting in college. And then Anna Kendrick goes, you're so weird, and rolls over. <laughs> Wait, how, so, how old are they? Like, uh, uh, Anna Kendrick's supposed to be like 19, and Britney Snow is like maybe 23, 24. It's a joke that she's like a super senior. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. These okay. were the jokes, Josie. All right, okay, okay, okay. You know what? We don't have, we don't have, t- we don't have time. We're we watching time. this scene. We don't have time. It was weird. We don't have <laughs> time to like, talk about it. But I was like, that's where I feel like the Rip kiss Britney would make Snow. sense. Snow. I don't know. <laughs> Britney Snow. <laughs> Famously alive. She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. This isn't her fault. It's not her fault. She did not write this scene. Uh, she's a very good actress. She's very funny and cute. Um, anyway, okay. So that's that's where our scene starts. Is um, you know, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't do enough experimenting in college. What Chloe had whispered to her within the sardine-packed tent of Bella's before Becca had turned over to avoid her, before Lily had licked the tip of her nose as a way to say goodnight, and Becca couldn't take it anymore. It had barely been a day of bonding, and already she was too frustrated to be crammed in with her groupmates for another second. Becca tried to exit the tent quickly, but the dozen bodies in her way earned her more attention than she wanted. A small oof and hey cried out from under her toes as she slapped open the tent flap and turned and walked in no direction in particular. What is her deal? Becca huffed to herself as she paced over to a nearby tree. A bit of peace on the edge of the campground without going so far as to be at risk of setting off a bear trap. What was Chloe's deal? There's bear traps. It's, what the fuck? It's a, it's a deep cut joke from a scene in the movie. Okay. <laughs> they're at like a team Scary. building ropes course. And... Yeah, they're at like a, yeah, they're at like kind of a campground where like Fortune 500 companies will go and like bond. Yeah. So it's like needlessly. Sure. I'm like excessively afraid of bears. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> don't. I'm I'm weird to hike with because I'm like there's no bears in this fic that's are you okay I was constantly like uh when we were hiking we were I was recently in California and we were we Mm. were hiking um and I was like there's bears there you think there's a mountain lion and Mm -hmm. I'm just just uh hiking along and I'm like it lives rent free in my mind a park ranger told me any bear you see is already uh, so so aggressive yeah. Because it's not afraid of you. Yeah. And yeah, one time I went hiking with a friend and I kept, and we were like talking the whole time. So she was like, you don't need to be worried. Like they'll hear us. Yeah. But that's why you're supposed to make a lot of noise. Yeah. Because they know that they're not. But I was like people. still like, as we're walking, like, 
on edge. <laughs> oh, like the in the parent trap. Yeah, yeah. That we was, can do the we can do the cup song. Yeah, I was <laughs> next time we're all hiking together. Yeah, uh, and I was like constantly looking for exits. Um. Okay. What was Chloe's deal? For over a year now, she had been so brazen. Her big green eyes always hinting at at nothing, nothing coy, no shyness belying an actual feeling. Maybe one small piece of. Why are you out here in the dark? Chloe said as she traipsed over to Becca, who had slouched down to squat on the roots of the tree. Why do you keep doing that? Becca asked, a bit more abruptly than she'd planned. What, finding you when you run off? I have to watch out for my girl, Chloe chuckled, completely unfazed by Becca's tone. Stop that! Chloe stared at her, big doe eyes wide and confused. What? You can't do that, Becca said, rising to confront her. You can't keep saying shit to me as if it's some kind of weird joke. Like you like me, but haha, let's laugh at Becca by making her confused. But of course I like you, Chloe replied, a soft smile on her face. But uncertainty still held in her eyes, unsure why Becca was so upset. Gah! Becca turned, exasperated. Yeah, you like me as a friend, and it's really fun for you to act like we're such good friends that you want to kiss me or date me or sleep with me. I get it, but it's not fun for me, and I want you to stop. Act? Chloe paused, putting the pieces together. Becca? She took a step forward, reaching a hand out to place on Becca's shoulder. No, no, it's fine. I'm fine. Becca swiped Chloe's hand away, trying again to turn, uh, turn around and avoid getting more upset. Chloe looked momentarily hurt, but then a determined look crossed her face. A look that bore the same intensity and passion that drove the Bellas to winning the finals of the 2012 ICAA Regional Acapella Championship. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's how you know it's show real. Choir, as in show choir competitions. Oh, yeah. As in love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all is fair in love ever, and show choir. You ever choir. have that intensity, that excitement of like coming off of the best show choir <laughs> performance you hit of your all tiny the notes career and yeah. all the dance moves? Uh, and your whole and your whole team was electric with energy. They all smiled really big. Everyone was exactly in the right lines of the formation they were supposed to be. In. No one stepped on your foot. God no. Anyway, okay. Uh, <laughs> Chloe's confused. Why Becca is mad? She's looking at her with intensity. Chloe placed her hands firmly at Becca's waist, Becca momentarily flailing to swat away what she thought was another attempt at comforting her. She looked up to meet Chloe's eyes as the redhead firmly pressed her back into the tree behind her. Becca gasped lightly as Chloe's eyes flicked down to her lips before she firmly bent down to kiss her hard. Chloe pulled away slightly. It's not knacked, she said into Becca's mouth. Becca lifted her eyes, still momentarily stunned. Then why didn't you do this sooner, she asked, a small laugh escaping her. I thought being so blunt would, catch, would help you catch on faster. And I could never tell if you and what's-his-name were a thing. But I couldn't help but tell you how I felt. You might be the most unironically direct person I've ever met. Not everyone needs to be sarcastic, Becca. Did you think I was going to make out with you in the tent with nine other girls? Becca looked at Chloe skeptically, remembering the comment that had brought her out here in the first place. No, I thought we could go make out in one of the cabins I had Aubrey unlock for us. And with that, Chloe kissed Becca again before taking her by the hand and leading her exactly where she wanted her. The end. Aww. <laughs> so fluffy. And that's my feelings. <laughs> Snaps for feelings. Got off feelings. I feel like I can't sing. <laughs> there you go, Ariella. All right. I hope that was uh, what you wanted. I couldn't do the kiss in the shower. That felt really aggressive. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Claire, what do we got next? So, next up, 
So this is from a lovely American expat out in Norway. Mm, So they started listening to us when they moved out there. Yeah. In their review, they said, I started listening in 2019 after my move to Norway and have probably listened to all the episodes five times now. These ladies are always fun to listen to and they bring stories from a wide range of fandoms. They always make me smile, especially through COVID. And then they apologized because they basically waited this long to write a review because they were trying to figure out what they wanted to request. (laughs) Is that what everyone has been doing? Is that what you're all doing? Is that what you're all doing? You can do it and then send it in later. It's okay. Um, Anyway, uh, so they requested either... They wanted to hear our take on... So the show Ghosts on HBO, which Mm. is the uh, UK version of the show Ghosts. And and let me tell you... Is it different? Yes and no. Of course Mm. I've seen it. Well, I know, because you watched The American Ghost. You made us watch The American Ghost. Correct. (laughs) So, dear patron, um, if you were not aware, there is also a Ghosts US version, and it's available on CBS. And there are two seasons. The UK version, I think they're on like season four. Um, Though I haven't watched the most recent season because it is not available. I was like on the Wikipedia. Anyway, (laughs) the point is, the concept is thus. For both shows, this couple, which actually in both versions is an interracial couple, which also adds to some of the interest with the ghosts. Snaps for that. Because... um, Snaps for snaps for interracial not couples. white people. What a concept! <laughs> Crazy. Correct. Um, and anyway, so in both versions, they inherit this mansion that's kind of run down, and they decide that they're going to renovate it and turn it into a B and B, and that's how they're going. So they're going to move from their jobs, like in the city, to doing this instead. And then while renovating the the woman, she has a near death accident and after she can now see the ghosts that are in the house yeah in both versions there is an array of ghosts there are a couple overlapping ghosts Mm. um but there's an array of ghosts from over the hundreds of years this area has had people in the uk version they have a neanderthal (laughs) they, they have a neanderthal a person who's like She's like an 1800s woman Mm. um, who is a black woman. Her character is mostly interesting in that she was rich, but then she has like a really sad, like she's like an adopted daughter. And so she's like, everyone was so wonderful, except my my sister. And and then stepsister Cinderella sort of a thing. Yeah. And but they still have like a in both versions, there's like the woman who had built the house there. Mm, Um, And then like initially the ghosts are like, we don't want them here. And then they're like, hmm, it's kind of nice having a human who can like turn on the TV and like help us be entertained and like all this stuff. And then it's a sitcom, so shenanigans ensues. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is ghosts. But their other option, uh, they were like, or they wanted one on the show, Our Flag Means Death, Mm. which we have talked about previously. I think on the Patreon. The Patreon. So gay pirate. So it's Blackbeard and he runs into this guy named Steed. Steed, (laughs) who is a guy, gentleman who has run away from his life because he wants to be a pirate but he has a romanticized idea of what being a pirate is uh steed and blackbeard aka ed um they intercept and steed is like can you teach me to be a pirate and blackbeard is like i he's like i want you to teach me how to be a gentleman um so anyway 
I decided to just blend it all up. I was going to say, nice. why are you introducing both fandoms? Nice. I like I it. Um, so there's an episode on Our Flag Means Death where Steed buys a, quote, real treasure map. And <laughs> yes, he and Ed sure. go on an adventure with, like, one of the other pirates. And the whole time, Ed is like, that's not a real map. Like, someone clearly just took a map, put an X on it. It's and They're, like, selling it as, like, a tourist attraction. Um, and so I've kind of <laughs> taken funny. that. Yeah. No, it's pretty, again, you gotta you This gotta is a really great, this is a really good idea. Yeah. So anyway, I'll get started and you'll see how they blend together. And I have called this one real treasure. I'm telling you that there isn't anything at the end of that map, Blackbeard said through clenched teeth. Then why did they mark it with an X, Steed said, pointing proudly to the spot on the map? Because X marks the spot. You can't just put an X on a map for no reason. Correct. That would be crazy. That's crazy. Blackbeard rubbed his, fi- his hand down his face. They were trying to convince you it's a real treasure map. Real treasure they don't put on a map. Then how would you ever find it again? Steed smirked to Blackbeard. I remember my memories. <laughs> Clear- clearly sure that he had made his point. Blackbeard rolled his eyes and let out an exasperated, Can we just head back to the ship, please? I've had enough of this adventure. <laughs> but it's only just getting started, Steed whined. And it's getting dark. We should make camp. Camp? Blackbeard furrowed his brow, fixing Steed with a questioning stare. Yes, Ed, Steed said, setting down his rucksack. We're far too far from the ship to turn back now. Besides, we'd get lost in the woods. But we have your stupid map to guide us back to the ship. Edward, <laughs> Ed grumbled more to himself than to Steed. I can hear you, Steed said simply. And that's not how this map works. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's such a bad map, it doesn't... <laughs> doesn't tell you where you came from just where you're going yeah that's not how this map works doesn't go both no, ways. it's like steve does not actually know how to use, <laughs> a, map. Not use a map no i mean no. why would he why, why would he? he it only leads to the treasure grace he thinks he knows how to use a map maps are single purpose only it's for treasure can't do both it only goes one way yeah you need a different map you can't do multiple things i need to the mark map. the boat with an x yeah Exactly. Then it will do both. Then it will do both. But, but I mean, ideally, you have a separate map uh, that leads you back exactly to your this, treasure called the this boat. Is yeah, this forward. This is the treasure backward. called home. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah. That's not how this map works. Now, if you could unpack your bag, we can set up camp. I didn't bring anything to set up camp. Ed crossed his arms over his chest because I didn't think it would take all day for you to realize that this map doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> that was the first moment that Steed looked a bit alarmed. He looked between Ed and the dumped out contacts of his rucksack, his gaze flicking wildly between the two. And then a smile broke across his face. That shouldn't be a problem, Steed said confidently. You can share my things. What? <laughs> Ed choked, his chest tightening at the thought. It'll be a little snug, Steed assured, but there's plenty of room for both of us. Steed laid out a carefully rolled mat on the ground and snapped the blanket so it spread over the mat with a flourish. He spread his hands as if as if to demonstrate just how much space there was. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't wait for Ed's expression to change before he settled himself under the blanket and patted the space next to him, indicating that, Ste- that Ed should join him. Ed grumbled but took his place next to Steed. They both lay stiff as plank boards under the small blanket, their bodies pressed in a continuous line from shoulder to ankle to remain covered by the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a perfect demonstration, Grace. Did a full plank. See, <laughs> Steed grinned. Plenty of room. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't move at all, this is stupid. Then we won't touch each other. Hours later, with the embers of the fire burning low, 
a Neanderthal and a Tudor nobleman <laughs> stood over the pair, completely uh. unseen. <laughs> the nobleman ha- held his deta- decapitated head in his hands and was using the length of his... He's one of the characters yeah. in the UK one. Nice. Um, the nobleman had his, held his decapitated head in his hands and was using the length of his arms to crane over the two sleeping men to get a better view. Do you suppose they've run away together? Humphrey, mm-hmm. the nobleman asked. I don't suppose 200 years has garnered much in the way of acceptance for these two. Robin, the Neanderthal, peered down at the two men. He and Humphrey had been on an evening walk to see the moon when they had stumbled upon the two men. The darker-haired man was spooning the lighter-haired one (laughs) under an entirely too small blanket for the pair of them. (laughs) That's when Robin spotted it. They have map, he exclaimed (laughs) as he pointed (laughs) to a piece of paper under the blonde one's hand. Looking for treasure. (laughs) I wonder if they'll actually find it, Humphrey said, bringing his head back to rest against his body. My wife and her conspirators did bury it somewhere near here. Ha! Oh. Robin harumphed and shook his head, standing back up. Many so close, Robin said in a <laughs> and boat. And Vanderhill's name is Robin? Yeah, his actual name is like, I haven't gotten to this episode, Some but I saw on a wiki, sounds. but it's like a Robin or something like that. But everyone calls him Robin ah, as yeah. like a close approximation of his <laughs> sure. name. That's cute. Apologies. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that episode yet. I saw it on the wiki. Um, anyway. Many so close, Robin said in bored, to- in bored tone. Me want to see treasure again. Go see moon until lovers wake up. <laughs> As the two ghosts left, they missed a slight stirring from the lighter-haired man. Something had disturbed him from sleep, and he couldn't put his finger on what. Before he could do much more than lift his head, he saw the arm of the other man was tossed over his waist. With a brief glance behind him at the other sleeping man, he closed his eyes, settled himself back against the other man, and with the, sl- with the smallest of smiles, drifted back off to sleep. Aww. Aww. The real treasure was the cuddling they had along the way. <laughs> the boyfriends we made along the way. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to find the real treasure because... Uh, no. because or what not. if they find the real treasure, but it's something like ridiculous. Like it's, it's something that like neither of them... Like maybe like Steed likes it or like... It's like no. a weird like uh, Victorian lady time capsule. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. It's like a, ba- like a lock of like hair. Yeah, oh, yeah, true. yeah. That was like a thing they <laughs> like did. like a good poem. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like a fan. <laughs> Just like some beautiful trinkets yeah. but yeah. worth functionally nothing. But like really not treasure to like anyone but it's else. A, it's, but it's about the women's friendship with each other. Exactly. So the treasure was the friendship we made along the way. There we go. Yes. But yeah. There we are. Snaps for that. What was this listener's name? Uh, Alexandria. Thank you, Alexandria. Very nice. So here is my second uh, prompt. And I'm going to read it first before I explain what I did. This also comes from Spotify. It is by a listener named Magnus. I don't think it's their real name, but I'm going to call them Magnus anyway, because that's fun. Magnus says, uh, first off, wanted to thank you both for the amazing podcast you host. Shout out to Josie, too. If She's get- here. Hi, I'm here. You get the love, dude. People don't want to uninclude you. <laughs> Just Great. Just you're not on every Don't. Episode. It makes know- me incredibly happy when you, you include me, and I I understand if I'm not included. Every time I hear that, like, um, breakaway beep noise, I think of you, <laughs> or like, we've gotten too off the rails, so you go, like you oh, yeah, I sh- this, that's that's the editor. That's you. Whenever there's a beep like that, it's me being like, shut up. Editor's beep to get through the nonsense. <laughs> It's very like <laughs> sheep's crook, and they're like, oh, pull yeah, them off like stage. The, pull them <laughs> off stage. Oh my God. Yeah, it's the audio version of that for sure. Just like hook and pull. They're <laughs> doing too much. Here is my request. Either crack, crack adjacent, fic of the writer's favorite fictional character being dropped in the middle of the Midwest, Ooh. or 
A Sims 4 fanfic with one of the Townie families. Bonus points if the dialogue is in Simlish. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for keeping me entertained as I go through various tasks during the day and making me less weird about sharing my passion of fandom and fanfic with others. You guys never fail to make me laugh and bring me joy on the daily. Um, So I decided to go with a character in the Midwest. And when I thought of this, a show that I love more than any other show is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <gasps> I love Crazy it. Ex-Girlfriend. I've watched it so many times, and this gave me a reason to re- start rewatching it again. This show is about a uh, woman named Rebecca Bunch who lives in New York, happenstance, sees an ex-boyfriend of hers from camp, and then decides to like uproot her whole life to find happiness by trying to date this guy, Josh, who lives in California. So she moves to California shenanigans ensue of her pretending to not be there for him but then being there for him but then eventually growing past it and like becoming her own person it's a very good show it's also a musical (laughs) so I went with that and I got inspiration from an episode in the first season where uh, Rebecca gets invited to Thanksgiving with Josh Chan's family Mm -hmm. and they're Filipino so she like does a lot of like research into like Filipino language and like uh, cultural Uh dishes and like is a real suck up about it Um, so I rewatched that episode it's very good (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite songs, which is I Give Good Parents, which is where she just like (laughs) raps about like being like really good at school and like really impressive to like (laughs) to parents (laughs) to like 50 year old, 60 year old people. So this is a fic I've entitled Crazy X Reader. (laughs) Because it's an X reader. (laughs) I like Uh, it. More or less set in uh, the time after the show where you and Rebecca are dating and you are bringing her home to the Midwest for Christmas. Oh. Oh. Is hot grape salad going to make Oh, you a- just wait. I don't know what that is. What is hot grape salad? Hot? Yes. What's hot? What? Wait, no. Explain what this is. I don't know what this is. Fun fact. Uh, we are from specifically like Wisconsin, Minnesota. Like the rest of the Midwest can fuck nah, off. I don't nah, know anything nah, about that. Nah, 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 nah. What? <laughs> I am from a different part of Wisconsin. Yes. I am from the Wisconsin part of Wisconsin. Yes. You am I two, not? No. You two no. are Minnesotan. We're on but the Minnesota. My family is from the Wisconsin part of Wisconsin. Yeah, but you don't talk like a you don't talk like a Wisconsinite. No. You don't <laughs> know any river. of the Wisconsinite references. No. Do you Claire, say bubbler? Yes, we did say bubbler. Did you say bubbler? Yes, and yeah. my family made fun of me. That's weird. Yeah. No, everyone in my elementary school said bubbler. Let me say, anyway, let me say, what were you gonna say, I am a true, I am a true Wisconsinite. You are a weird, like, mix. hybrid. <laughs> you're a weird hybrid. You're, you're from Minnesota. Correct. And let me explain hot grape salad as is, the only yeah, Minnesotan what here. What is hot grape salad? So. I have never heard of this. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Hot I'm grape not salad insane. controversy. This is about to get spicy. There's a reason why none of you guys have heard of it, because it's not a popular dish. Is it an Illinois thing? No, no. Here, let, let me explain. <laughs> Let me explain. The New York Times ran a piece of like popular dishes from every single state. I'm already oh, uncertain no. about this. Oh, Correct. No. And what happened was they made a mistake. Oh. And they for Minnesota, <laughs> they God. put this this recipe that they claimed to have gotten from a Minnesotan. I'm sure someone. And what it, it was was this hot grape salad. It has mayonnaise and yeah. it's hot. Ew. And what happened was they posted this and every Minnesotan. What else was in it besides grapes and mayonnaise? Let me Google it. Wait, yeah, you gotta Google had, it. wait, 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 wait. Because I've had a grape salad, which is um, like brown sugar, grapes, Cool Whip, probably mayo uh, and like walnuts. It's not bad. It's a mid. This is a thing. This Maybe this is a Green Bay thing. <laughs> Like, okay. I I mean, th- look, it's deeper. It's not hot, look, All right. It's, it's, hot. it's deeper than this. It's deeper than this. I am not white in the way that you guys are white. No. You know, you're not wrong. 
Okay, like that, that's <laughs> white, also the problem. White people be making salads. Right. They're not salads, okay. and they sometimes have grapes. Yeah, my mom, not white, didn't do this bullshit because she knew how to cook actual food. <laughs> I'm going to look up what's in the grape salad I've had. Okay. It's two pounds grapes, two cups sour cream, Mm -hmm. and then topped with brown sugar and toasted pecans. No, that's a real thing, but it's not hot. This one is. Say them again. Say them again. That's a real thing. No, no, no. Say it again. I was blacked out about the sour cream. I'm going to show you a picture and see if you've seen this because I've I've had it. I've eaten it. If you're thinking of ambrosia, the one that was. Not ambrosia. The thing that was in the New York Times one Mm -hmm. was a hot because you cooked it. And then you broiled it to crisp the sugar. No, and you broiled it? No, 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 no. That's disgusting. Grace, Grace, I am telling you, this is why it's the controversy. I know, I know. This, this is, is why it's the controversy. Controversy. It's almost correct. This is what Prince was singing about. <laughs> the thing was, the New York Grape Times. Salad. No. God, grape so salad. No. Grape salad. So it is. Two pounds of seedless grapes. Yes. Okay. Two cups of sour cream. Yes. One cup brown sugar. Sure. And three fourths quarter cup toasted pecans. You heat the broiler. No. Place prepared grapes no. in a large mixing no. bowl. Coat grapes with sour cream. No. Place grape mixture in the baking dish. Sprinkle with brown sugar. No. Broil as ne- rotating no. as necessary until sugar no. is caramelized and crispy see, though, in spots. I'm, I found no. a recipe that I know no. someone in my family has used. No. It is no. grapes. Straight to jail. Grapes. And here is the creamy part. Cream cheese, sour cream, sugar, vanilla extract, brown sugar, chopped pecans. Do you heat that up? No. You leave it cold. No. But somebody. Still disgusting. Probably has heated that up to bake it. Don't know why. Both are disgusting. But you should. I'm going to make it. No. You're going to eat your words. I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> I'm not going to eat my words, dude. I'm literally not. All right. Anyway, this is Crazy X Reader. Everyone get mad. No shit. This is the first line. Bex, you really didn't have to bring ambrosia salad. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Do I have to keep that whole thing in? I'm not keeping it in. <laughs> no, ambrosia salad is slightly different. Yeah. I'm not sure how. What? What? Is there like, instead of one cup of sour cream, there's two? It's got marshmallows in it. Oh, well, it you has marshmallows fuck? Are in you it. kidding me? <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Is that the difference? I knew we no, were no, white, no, no, no. It's but a like, totally I don't know how to explain it's to you our di- culture, Josie. No, 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 no. It's a different fruit also. Because <laughs> it's cherries and like mandarin, <laughs> mandarin oranges. oranges. Mandarin oranges, yes. I've, yeah, I've had ambrosia okay, that's salad. Better, that's better, that's better fruit. That's it's better a fruit. better, yeah. No, no, wait until you hear what's in it. Because okay, every time find, you, let because, me find, because let every me ambrosia find. salad every I've had. Every step forward is a couple steps back. There's one ingredient where you're like, this would have been good if you hadn't added carrots. Yeah, I, some people put carrots in. I don't know. This and you're is, like, why what? did you put that what? in there? It's called a salad. We're trying it's a to share our culture with each other. Yeah, Josie. <laughs> it, wait, wait, wait. It's a hot dish if it's hot. It's a salad if it's cold. <laughs> I think that's what the Midwest has decided yep, amongst that themselves. Must be it. All right. We had a convention. This right. is what we decided. All right. I An ambrosia you. salad is Cool Whip sour cream, mandarin it's oranges. Tangy. It's tangy. Mandarin oranges, pineapple, maraschino cherries, marshmallow, shredded coconut if you prefer. And wow. some people put nuts or carrots. And some people put uh, like walnuts in it. Yeah. Whipped cream as like a base. Yeah. It feels offensive to me. You're not wrong, but yeah. like <laughs> this is my culture, so yeah. Don't make fun of our culture. <laughs> yeah. Jersey. See, it looks it looks like that. <laughs> don't make fun of my this culture. This is a picture where you're like you're like that's about to be delicious AF. Oh my god, that's and, like horrific. And it's, and it's that, yeah. And every single bite <laughs> tastes different. Yeah. For- <laughs> Because you get a different texture and a different taste. It's, okay. That's the fun. All right. Get, get, ready, to, get ready to be mad about everything I all say right, in this all right, okay. all right. All right. We okay. got to get back. We okay. got to get back. So the con- again, the context is you're, you're, driving in the, you're driving in the car 
with your girlfriend, Rebecca, <laughs> who mm-hmm. is coming to a Midwest gathering for the first time. Bex, you really didn't have to bring ambrosia salad. I don't think my family has ever considered it a Christmas staple, you say to your adorable girlfriend of just a few months. The two of you are in your Honda Civic on the way to Christmas with your, <laughs> with your extended family, <laughs> whom she is equally excited and nervous to meet. You cannot tell me that's not a Midwest car. <laughs> no, it is. It's good, it's good, fair. good, you know, on the snow. <laughs> we understand the setting. Rebecca could be a bit overzealous at times like these, but it sounds like she has been much more so in the past. Old habits die hard, though. This is a, a flashback dialogue. It's italicized. Should I wear a flannel or should I do a sweater dress? Oh, what about a flannel under a chunky sweater? <laughs> that's too much. I, that's what I like. kind of cute. Yeah. I was going to say that's cute. A little toasty depending on where you are. I looked up the most popular Midwestern dishes, but hot dish isn't a Christmas thing, right? What about lutefisk? That feels more like a once a year sort of dish. Wow. And we could make those little thumbprint cookies that you showed me. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. you're, you're like full Norwegian here. Oh, yeah. what you, that's what I am. You're I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. Also, you're like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was that's, like, that's where we are. That's my, that's my brand. <laughs> no, <laughs> Ludafisk never actually gets eaten. That's the joke. <laughs> no one actually ever makes it or has ever eaten it. I don't think. I think it might be a myth. <laughs> there is a um, there is a restaurant That's in um, yes, and they're famous for it. So like all of the little it's ladies a weird and little Norwegian old men. Fish dish that yes, I don't and what's hilarious about had. the restaurant who makes lutefisk and all of the old people agree <laughs> it is just like Nana made it, and they Perfect. say, but it's what it, <laughs> they say it is just like their grandparents made it, Cute. and hilariously, the chef has never tried it because they think it's either. disgusting. It is disgusting. Do that you guys both know what funny. thumbprint cookies are? Yes. I have heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. I'll make you some. They're so good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, on and on in preparation for Christmas with your family, who were not even that Midwestern by your standards. At least you were pretty sure. We should think of a code word. Rebecca blurted out over the lightly playing holiday music on the radio, rocking around the Christmas tree, intermittently turning to static as you drove further into Wisconsin and to your uncle's rural home. A code word for what? You asked. For when you or I want to leave. Ah, Yep. You can just you can just tell me when you want to leave. Ness, no. Right. But then you have to do that whole thing where you say, best be heading out. <laughs> Rebecca emphasized the phrase with a slap on both knees and a single nod of the head. <laughs> it does take a while to jumpstart a Minnesota goodbye, so I get it. It's but me <laughs> constantly signaling to my husband that, like, we got to go. I want to leave. Man, I am really tired. <laughs> I am Wait. over it. I'm, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> oh, no. We forgot the laundry in the washing machine. Except, except he does a, We For a while, we had the oven on, and then we're like, it's really obvious. We got to change it. Yeah, you got to change your code word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with uh, a slap on both knees and a single nod of the head. But you stay around for another hour or so and grab a few more treats and then you make your way to the door and then you say, don't go so soon. And then we say, I promise I don't do that. (laughs) And there's enough people there that everyone sort of leaves throughout the night. I don't know. She glanced over at you skeptically. I watched the entirety of How to Talk Like a Minnesotan last night. And it was pretty clear about long goodbyes. (laughs) That is the best program. It's not It's not a lie. It's not a lie. No, it's all true. It's It's also true. It's like 26 minutes on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. It's uh, very accurate. We'll link it in the show notes. Is that why you asked me about the difference between not too bad and not too good this morning? <laughs> not too bad is uh, not too bad is a good thing. Not too good is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the negatives. Yeah. What an odd way to say emotions. Rebecca wandered off into her thoughts. Why didn't you want to bring some uh, latkes or I don't know some kugel or something? You asked, eyeing the marshmallowy bowl in your girlfriend's lap that she had refused to leave in the back seat during the long drive in case it spilled. 
I'm embracing the culture. Rebecca gestured dramatically at the snowy flat landscape that your car was speeding past. Don't. Culture is a strong word, you replied dryly. Yep. <laughs> Just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not culture. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> That's got to be like Minnesota's like slogan. <laughs> Just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not culture. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of, should I be on the lookout for any racist uncles? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you consider your four uncles. Uncle John might be one to keep it light with. And he's the one with the gray mustache and the hair that looks like a toupee but isn't. You finish for her. Got it. Rebecca's knees bounced in anticipation, causing the dessert on her lap to make a soft glump glump. Hey. Gross. You glance at your girlfriend. It's very fluffy, but Ew. also not. It's mostly a ruse. <laughs> it's not even that <laughs> fluffy. You glance at your girlfriend, wide-eyed, and uh, gently biting her lip. You're going to do great. You betcha. She pointed a finger gun at you. Don't say that. Nope, that you was that, no, that was forced. That was forced. <laughs> Grabbing her pointer finger and finagling her hand to intertwine it with yours and give it a reassuring squeeze. I love you, you say with your eyes on the road, lifting her hand with yours and giving it a kiss as the, ro- as the car rolled towards the driveway of its destination. The end. <laughs> Cute. Midwestern snaps for that. I like, I, I do, I did appreciate the Midwestern snaps, as terrifying as some of them were. It was the most Midwestern things I could ever think of. Woo. It was beautiful. All right. And all right. now for our intermission. What we've all been waiting for. What we've all been waiting for, which is Josie has written a fic. I have been manipulated into writing a fic. It is not 500 words. <laughs> it is not 500 words because I have no self-control. Also, it's the first fic you've ever written. That's a hard ask. Yeah, uh, be nice to me. Uh, shower me with endless praise because maybe I'll do it again. It's the first one you've written for this uh, podcast. It's the first I've written, period. Also, anyone need a top off? I do uh, need yes, a top actually. I was yeah. going to wait until Josie's was done. I, I drank Why? a lot of mine in a hurry oh, while we were talking about ambrosia salad. Topper. Yeah, what are you? Oh, oh. You're just... <laughs> oh, ASMR. Now I have to pee. Season six, we do ASMR. The raspberries are clogging the there's, holes. There's so many. Wow. Okay, Josie, tell us about your fic. Why okay. are you writing it? How did we get here? Okay, okay, okay. So so this comes from a listener named Madeline. Hey, Claire, Grace, and Josie. Woo! Me. Acknowledgement. Acknowledged. My name is Maddie, and I have been listening to your podcast on Spotify since sometime last year. I just finished all of your episodes, and I absolutely love every single one of them. Aww. Thanks. Aww. We <laughs> made every single one of them. <laughs> I'm about to be re-listening from the start, and I'm so excited to be from listening again. Start? I'm so sorry. Maddie, no. After. Maddie, no. Like, it's, a, it's so funny, but No, it's Maddie, thank you. Thank really going to hurt your I'm ears. I'm proud of you. Like, in a literal way. <laughs> I'm proud of you, but also, why, babe? If y'all still accept prompts for rating five stars, I have a request to cheer up a friend of mine. His name is Carson, and he loves fan fiction almost as much as I do. Ugh. I asked him what kind of fanfic he want he would want, and this is what he said. Percy and Annabeth meet five years early. Annabeth gets separated from Thalia and Luke, and she finds Percy at a park. Pure fluff. I don't think either of us have a preference on who writes the fic, so whoever will have more fun with it can have it, which is why it ended up with me. The only one that'll have fun with is Josie. I have not seen the movies <laughs> or read the book, so I would have no idea what was going on. <laughs> Y'all are so amazing. I have seen the movie. There we go. Y'all are so amazing, and even if you don't write the fic, just know that I absolutely love listening uh, in on all the crazy fun. Thank you so much, Maddie. Aww. Did you read the books for this prompt? No, so I had just, otherwise. when, that was the other thing. It was, it was really serendipitous because, uh, when I had just finished reading the first book, which is mm. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, yeah. right when this request came in, um, yeah, I haven't that really read... still sealed your fate. <laughs> I know, yes, yeah, because I was like, it was really like fresh in my like brain space. 
for anyone who doesn't know, Percy is the main character. Um, the whole uh, thing. The son and daughters of gods. Yeah. Yes. So one of their parent is a god, a Greek god. Uh, and so they're called half bloods. Um, and they all like they're end up demigods. Yeah, no. they're called demigods. Too. Okay, <laughs> but they, it's that they go to like camp half. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, and cool. so that's where they train to become heroes. Yes. Like Sky High. Yes. <laughs> Just like Sky High. What makes Percy particularly special is there's like three big gods: uh, Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon. And neither of them are supposed to like have any kids. That's like a, a an agreement. They uh, there's reasons for why. Yeah. But, don't make weird face at me. Well, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about Zeus's like actual canon. <laughs> now he has kids with everything. It was a recent agreement. This is like modern times. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So they're like they're no like we made an kids. agreement. I think it was like after World War II. They like agreed oh. like we're not gonna. You can't sire any children. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like you're breaking this agreement between the big three if you do. And yeah. so Percy technically is that because he's a son of Poseidon. Gotcha. Um, Annabeth is the daughter of Athena. Hmm. Who's like goddess of wisdom and strategy. Uh, so the background about why like Annabeth gets separated from Thalia and Luke, um, they are both also demigods. They're both like pretty well equipped at fighting. And uh, when Annabeth left home, because she didn't have a great situation, it was like a whole, she had like an issue with her stepmom, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, part of the reason why a lot of demigods end up at Camp Half-Blood is because they're constantly being pursued by these, like, evil forces. Uh. So you're more protected if you're at Camp Half-Blood. Also, all of the, like, mundane mortal humans are, you know, not in danger as much because you're not next to them and you're, you know, not drawing all these, like, evil things towards them. Uh, she does, when she was seven years old, she met up with Thalia and Luke, and they made their way to Camp Half-Blood. But not Percy. Right. This Percy comes later. Yeah. Percy, um, like, doesn't know he's a demigod no. until he's, like, you know. Pretty late. Until he's mm-hmm. already there. He's already at Camp Half-Blood. <laughs> he's already there. He's like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Okay, um, cool. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, the prompt was uh, Annabeth gets separated from Thalia and Luke, and she finds Percy at a park. Uh, Percy lives in Manhattan, I think, Upper East Side. I don't know. I didn't really stay true to like the actual uh, geography. You didn't spend an hour on the wiki. I did not. I mean, I spent a long time like time framing all of these things. But that's uh, fair. You can I, only like, pick one thing to hone in on. I will say I put in a lot of winks, not only from right. like canon of uh, Percy Jackson universe, but also uh, our show. Right. I was gonna, I was gonna say I was gonna say like uh, to be an asshole. I'm like, are the twin towers there? Are they not? Okay, there? okay, okay. Because like sometimes when I'm writing fic, I like get into that, and then you're like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I? And they'll be like, and off in the distance, no. the two towers. And you're no, like, no, no, you're like, no, no, okay, no, we don't need it to be two thousand. No. So no. unnecessary. Imagine okay. this is in Central Park, but I don't actually know if this is Central Park. Great. It's just a who park. cares? It makes sense. We're in All the right. park. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. If I, uh, I will explain things along the way. Great. Tag, you're it, a child screeched victoriously, before rushing away through the swings, jostling Percy as he glared down at the blue ice cream that was melting steadily down his hand. It was a hot, humid summer day in Manhattan, and eight-year-old Percy Jackson was hiding. Not that anyone would go looking for him. His mother was at work for another three hours, and while she had told him firmly to stay inside, the heat wave made wandering around too dangerous... He couldn't stand being around Smelly Gabe for another minute. Smelly Gabe uh, is what he refers to his stepfather as. Ah, sure. 
The ice cream, he explained to himself pragmatically, was how he'd keep cool. It had also been bought with cash he'd stolen from right under Smelly Gabe's smelly nose, and he relished the slick feel of vengeance that it given him. Mm -hmm. Experimentally, he took another lick of the ice cream, swirling the cold around his mouth. You're so weird. What are you? He <laughs> murmured to his cone, lip smacking. He tried it again, this time taking a bite, enjoying the satisfying chill. You're definitely not blue raspberry. Ah. Or blueberries. Another lick. Maybe cotton candy? Marshmallow? Another scream came from behind him, and soon a different kid came barely past him, nearly bumping the cone right out of Percy's hand. So that's a reference to your Superman, Superman. ice cream <laughs> conversation. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, how did he not know what ice cream he bought? But. Also, also, um, so Percy Jackson does eat blue things. Yeah, because he's so Poseidon. The sea. Yeah, uh, this is like a, it's like a thing where his mom like buys him blue candy that's and funny. he eats blue candy all the time. And blue. he would have bought it just because it's blue. Hey, he yelled, writing his ice cream before whirling around. Could you two? Oh. Standing directly behind him was a girl, reaching for a frisbee on the ground in front of her. Her blonde hair was a wild mess, curling around her sweaty face, and she was gazing back at him, head tilted in curiosity. Were you just talking to your ice cream cone? Hmm? Percy blinked in confusion yeah. <laughs> as he tried his best not to blush. Of course not. The girl corked an eyebrow. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. She folded her arms. Then who are you speaking to? Percy did his best. My dad, Poseidon. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't know that yet. <laughs> My invisible friend? Chadley? Chadley? <laughs> Percy did his best to brush away a flicker of annoyance as he stood and turned around to face her fully. That's the a Patreon joke. <laughs> I was confused. The swing bobbing between them. I feel like we've made that... No, there was a Chad joke, and after and after three, there was a Chad joke. Oh, Chad, but not Chadley. <laughs> Different people. Do we not... Maybe we didn't say Chadley, I don't remember. No, and there's also Chad. an of Chad Sad joke Chad. in the... Oh, uh, yeah. Um, in the oh yeah chad's mm -hmm. really chad's a character kept up he's a character <laughs> chad's involved <laughs> chad's involved almost as prominent as uh jan jixon jan jixon that's damn i should have i should have waved her in <laughs> it's she's okay. off in the corner selling real estate <laughs> it's okay i tried to wave her in too. i don't know how I to spell her add. name <laughs> <laughs> okay uh don't you have to throw that back at somebody he asked jerking his chin towards the frisbee with an impressive eye roll the girl bent down to snatch it up Sorry for bothering you, she replied, sounding very much not sorry. I just wasn't sure if you were asking me if I was a marshmallow or not. <laughs> I'm not, by the way. She smiled then, tucking the frisbee into a rather ratty pink backpack that Percy had only just noticed had been hanging off her arm. In the brief moment it took for her to put the toy away, Percy thought he caught a glimpse of what appeared to be a large bronze knife amongst a bunch of other items. Normal. Toothpaste. <laughs> a sweater. Beef jerky. Normal things, but very strange for a girl to be carrying around in a park. It's like seven. <laughs> in the blink of an eye, the girl zipped her bag up tightly, and before Percy could say anything, she cut him off with, I'm more of a lemon drop. He scrunched up his nose in response. Mm -hmm. Gross. Gingerly, he lifted the ice cream back to his mouth. It had already made a sizable puddle on the swing in front of him, shimmery blue against the rough black. Swallowing, he shook his head, puzzled. I was trying to figure out what this flavor is, he said to the girl, who was still standing in front of him. It doesn't taste like any other blues. <laughs> oh, the girl said, eyes alight with sudden interest. Is it Blue Moon? Percy nodded, attempting to eat his ice cream in earnest before it melted completely. Also, he was very warm and could feel his shirt sticking to the back of his neck. He needed to cool down. I don't know what that means, Percy said, mouthful. Isn't the moon just a... Before he could finish, the girl's eyes widened, and then she was grabbing his other arm, pulling him forward. Look out! 
Another scream. Those dumb kids again. But this time, instead of merely bumping into him, Percy found himself being flung sideways, his body scraping painfully against the chains of the swing next to him, his hands flung out in front, just in time to catch his fall in the hot, grimy sand. His right hand, which had let go of his cone, was now covered in a sticky mess of melted goo and grit as he tried to get up. The swing swung forward, knocking into the back of his neck. Yelling, the girl began to desperately grab at his hands, pulling him up. Clumsily, doing his best to dodge the swing, Percy got to his feet. But the girl wouldn't let go of him. Run, she yelled. We need to run. Instinctively, Percy let himself be pulled along with her. Heart racing, mind whirling, Percy glanced back. The two kids who had been playing tag were inexplicably racing toward them. Him? The girl? He wasn't sure, but the look in their eyes caused a chill to run down Percy's overheated skin. They looked... hungry. Ew. Turning away, <laughs> turning away, Percy pushed himself faster, doing his best to keep pace with the girl. Who are they? He puffed as they rounded a large oak tree, startling a hound that had been in the middle of doing some business. Do you know them? The girl shook her head and dove headfirst into a large group of people who seemed to be enjoying the music of a brass quartet. With frightening speed, she dragged them across the park, winding through trees, skipping over flowers, eyes constantly searching. Percy wasn't sure if she had any clue where she was headed. But each turn seemed deliberate, every switchback intentional. Finally, the girl slowed to a stop next to a statue of a large horse, its rider glaring down at them rather menacingly. Um, so it's the... I'm trying to... I think they're called Furies. They're like demons. Oh, okay. Like evil things mm-hmm. that uh, go Take after the children. demigods. Oh. And uh, so Percy, even at, by, the, by the time he was eight, was encountering some of them, but he doesn't know what they are. He just knows weird kids chase him sometimes? He, well, they're not always kids. They, uh, they come in different forms. So like, I think yeah. one was like when he was in preschool, there were like snakes that were in his crib. Ew. Yeah. So like, like stuff like they, they, they take different forms and they take different shapes. They're not always people. Um, and they often like kind of come out of nowhere. Mm. Uh, but Annabeth and like the other two who she's traveling with, they know that they're demigods. They they're know aware. that they're demigods. They know that they are being like targeted and pursued by these like evil things. Yeah. Um, and so Annabeth understands what's going on. <laughs> um, also, something's chasing us. Run. So her mom uh, is Athena, mm-hmm. and. Part of the reason why she found uh, Thalia and Luke in the first place is because she was getting, like, hints or instructions, like, from her mom on, like, where to go. Gotcha. And that's how she found them. Uh, Finally, the girl slowed to a stop next to a statue of a large horse, its rider glaring down rather menacingly at them. I don't know. I don't see where she trailed off for a second, eyes scanning the crowd. It seemed like they had temporarily lost the kids, but Percy wasn't confident they'd stayed hidden for long. Which way is... Hawthorne Street, she asked, breath coming in huffs and puffs, nodding towards a stack of signs a couple of paces away. Um, Percy stalled as he did his best to focus on the letters, willing them to stand still and cooperate. Hawthorne was the street on the other end of the park, directly opposite of where Percy's street was. Swallowing, he looked around widely, attempting to orient himself. The girl's eyes narrowed. What's the sign say? Can't, can't you read it? Of course I can read it, Percy lied doing his best to ignore the slither of shame. Is um, it canonically, like, dyslexic or something? Yes, yes. So, oh, and yeah. The reason why demigods are dyslexic is because uh, their brains are programmed to read ancient Greek. Oh. So they have trouble focusing on, like, modern languages. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, shouldn't you be able to read because you're a normal kid? Because you're an eight-year-old normal child. Yes. Mm. You don't have dyslexia, do you? 
You're just a Oh, normal kids do have dyslexia. Yeah. By normal, we mean not demigods. Some not yes. demigods do have dyslexia. <laughs> yes, that is also possible. There are they mortals. also probably yeah. are going to lie about it. In the context of this fic, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's, that's the wink. You see it? Wink. Okay, okay. What's the sign say? Can't, can't you read it? Of course I can read it. Percy lied, doing his best to ignore the slither of shame. Her eyes narrowed further. It says it's this way. Picking a path at random, Percy proceeded to march off as confidently as possible. Mm-hmm. Sighing, the girl followed him. Did they want something from your backpack? Percy asked after a minute, keeping his pace to a brisk walk, the memory of her bronze knife glittering back at him. The girl was very much still on edge, eyes glancing nervously around them. He couldn't fully relax either, shoulders still tense, legs still poised to sprint. Not in my backpack, she murmured through gritted teeth. Percy's brow wrinkled, and as he tried to think of what to say next, he noticed a familiar-looking statue of a woman holding a spear in one hand and what appeared to be an angel in the other. Exhaling a small sigh of relief, he guided them to the path on the left of the statue. At least he finally knew where they were. So that statue is specifically the statue of Athena. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. not right. in a New York park, to my knowledge. It's yeah, like it could be. somewhere in Vienna, but you know what? Whatever. It's in Vienna. <laughs> in this park that I've created. It's been taken and moved to Central Park. It's a reference for fun. Uh, they continued on in a tense sort of silence, the exuberant sounds of a Manhattan park twisting around them. Percy's throat felt dry and his head started to ache. Sadly, he wondered if he should go back to Smelly Gibbs' apartment just to lie down. The two of them were rounding a final corner, less than 50 feet away from the large fountain that heralded the park's entrance on Hawthorne Street, when the girl inhaled sharply. Stopping abruptly, she pointed at a pair of children who were joyfully chasing each other across a yard of open grass to their left. That's them, she whispered, but I'm not sure if they know we're here. While the park was busy, the path bustling with people, the lawn itself was fairly empty, its lack of shade making it unpopular in the high heat. We're almost there, Percy whispered back, eyes glued to the running children. From where they were, they seemed so normal, so happy, just a couple of kids being rambunctious on a summer day. Let's keep walking. With determined casualness, they began to stroll towards the gate. Percy could feel his heart thrashing wildly in his chest, and his palms felt slick with sweat. Only forty more feet. The girl shifted her shoulders, hands tense around the straps of her backpack. Percy wondered if maybe she should have pulled out her knife, but then stopped himself. They were just too much attention. They were also (laughs) like a seven-year-old with a knife, a like glittering bronze weapon, a bronze knife too. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a reference to like uh, like Godstone or something. I would I would notice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it would it, really a seven year old with a bronze knife. A little weird. A little weird. A little they suspicious. Were, they were just kids, not very nice kids. Definitely bullies. Percy dealt with bullies all the time at school, and while he absolutely did not like them, pulling an actual weapon on them seemed very wrong. Although these particular kids did seem different, <laughs> scarier. The Percy couldn't articulate exactly why. Thirty more feet. I wish I could just. Be invisible, sometimes. You know, the girl suddenly declared in a wistful voice. This would be so much easier if I could just sneak away. Being invisible would be cool, he agreed, his mind shifting towards moments in different parks, on different playgrounds, when he'd done his best to creep past the mean kids unnoticed. He'd never been successful and always dreaded the sing-songy call of, Oh, Percy! When he'd been spotted. At the thought, he started, turning to the girl next to him. Hey, I'm Percy, by the way. (laughs) Oh, oh. Also, by the way, uh, in The Lightning Faith, the first book, Annabeth does have a New York uh, Yankees hat that lets her be invisible. That was a gift from her mom. Oh. But she got that for her 12th birthday. So she, so she doesn't have that yet. She, she doesn't, doesn't have it yet. It. But. Wink. Wink. <laughs> wink. I winked. 
I winked. <laughs> I was winking, guys. Hey, 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 I'm winking. <laughs> Do you see me winking? Do you see? Do you acknowledge my wink? I'm winking. Wink back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you hear it in the mic? Claire, Claire can't really <laughs> wink. I don't like how you did it a bunch of times in a row. <laughs> Do you like it more or less than when I doll wink? <laughs> about the same the amount doll of, wink of like a negative three out of five. The doll <laughs> wink is particularly creepy. I'm Percy, by the way. Oh. She looked back at him, but before she could say anything, Percy caught sight of the kids racing back toward them. They were fast, terrifyingly fast, Mm -hmm. and deep down in his gut, Percy knew they wouldn't be able to outrun them this time. They were only about 15 feet away from the gate, right in front of the gigantic fountain. Terrifying. It was gurgling water, its penny-littered bottom winking coyly at them in the sunlight, almost beckoning him forth in the debilitating heat. Percy didn't think, didn't hesitate, as he grabbed the girl's shoulders and practically threw her into the water. He followed suit, jumping in right after her. Why? She was sputtering, eyes blinking furiously. What? What What are you? Percy ignored her. Yeah, same. <laughs> Put your head down. Hold your breath. Put your head down. Praying she'd listen, he shoved her his head below the surface. Don't see us, he thought fervently. Don't see us. Just run right by. In the corner of Percy's mind, he knew this was a ridiculous plan. They probably just should have run. Should have sprinted right through the park gates and onto the bustling Manhattan streets. Don't see us, he thought again, harder, his chest filled with wild hope. Don't see us. Percy didn't move until he felt a hand pushing against his shoulder. When he surfaced, the girl's large blue eyes were giving him the oddest look. Yeah, I, same. I would also be like, I'm sorry. You shoved me in a fountain. I'm wet now. (laughs) Are they gone? Percy asked, looking around. He was greeted with a variety of strange looks and concerned glances, but he didn't see any sign of those kids. Heaving an exhale, Percy hopped out of the fountain, leveling the girl with a grin. Tricked him. She was still gazing at him with the most perplexed look on her face, when an older girl marched right up to the fountain. There you are, the girl reached out a hand to pull the younger one out. She scanned the crowd with a grim sort of expression, eyes snagging to a halt when they landed on Percy. This must be her... sister, Percy thought. Luke's got a taxi waiting. We need to leave. Now. Though she was still staring at Percy, the words were clearly meant for the blonde girl, who nodded and quickly set off towards the gate. Percy followed after them, then immediately wondered why he felt inclined to do so. He wasn't going with them. He didn't even know them. Disorientation washed over him as he saw a tall boy with bright red hair wave enthusiastically at the girls. Get in, he called as he ran around the front of the car to take the passenger seat. The girl's sister opened the car door, shuffling across to the other side. Percy had halted in the middle of the sidewalk, still unsure of why he was there to begin with. Nice meeting you, he yelled, and the girl turned back towards him, halfway into the taxi. Her eyes were still tense. Thanks for the help. She got into the car, and at the slam of the door, Percy exhaled heavily and turned in the opposite direction to walk down the street. Actually, wait. Percy turned around to see the girl had opened her car door again, and this time, she was smiling. It's summer. He stared at her blankly, unsure of what on earth she meant. Blue moon, she clarified. Your ice cream flavor. It tastes like summer. Before he could say anything in reply, she slammed the door shut a second time, and the taxi was rumbling away. Shaking his head, Percy turned back, beginning the long journey home. Summer, he muttered to himself. How weird. (laughs) And that's the end. Cute. Little babies. 
little babies running away from weird demon children (laughs) so this is a thing that like kind of commonly happens at least in the first book where percy because he doesn't realize a lot of his power comes from water yeah and so whenever he's like in contact with water strange things happen he can can, hide he can hide he can heal himself he also um this is kind of like a very brief reference but uh, he can like breathe underwater yeah and Mm -hmm. he doesn't realize he can breathe underwater. That's so funny. Also, when, okay, so I did some research on, like, what Blue Moon actually tasted like. Because I've had Blue Moon. I like Blue Moon. Apparently, it's a very, like, Midwestern yeah. flavor. Yeah, actually. Um, and I also thought it was, like, a cotton candy kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's not necessarily true because there is some, like, vanilla citrusy stuff in there. Mm. Yeah. Um, I did to make it complex. I tried to find some Blue Moon. Didn't try that hard. Didn't taste it. Uh, but, like, I think on, like, a Reddit thread, there was a bunch of people, like, arguing. And, like, someone was like, honestly... It tastes like summer. Oh, that's like cute. summer's what it tastes like. Yeah. And there was a bunch of like upvotes and someone commented underneath it and was like, this is the correct answer. Like that's what it tastes like. Yeah. It's and its so, own flavor. Yeah. So, uh, Maddie, that is my first fic. It is either an honor or uh I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't get one of the veteran writers. You got <laughs> me. <laughs> But we popped Josie's cherry. Reference to last episode. Woo! (laughs) All right, Claire. Claire. What's next? What do we have next? All right. That was a mouth noise just for Josie. I could not tell what that sound was because I wasn't looking at you. Just a nice surprise for me for Just a little... (laughs) I don't even know how I did that, Just a kiss for me. It's not like a weird (laughs) tongue roll, but like... I don't know. That was it. That was it. Anyway, uh, where are we? <laughs> 1,000 apologies to everyone's ears. Nah. Um, so next up, we have... <laughs> uh, next up, we have a request from McKenners. Ooh, um, ooh. So they said, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I absolutely love it. I recommend it to all my friends, whether Aww. they love fanfics or comedies. You guys are absolutely hilarious, and that has At caused... least they like comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> At least we're a little funny. At least you claim At least that we're funny. Like, that like fanfic, and that I've never heard of it. Have fun. <laughs> Do you like funny? Do you like funny things? Here you go. Right. Podcast. Here she is, or they, I don't know, is saying, I like funny things, and I think you are funny. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm we? not funny. <laughs> Have we ever been funny ever? Sometimes I, don't know. I think you I'm. Are. Sometimes I think I'm just mouth noises, I and that's fine. Am I just laughing at them because I'm mean or because they're funny? <laughs> am I mean? Turns or out am I Josie is bullying comedy. us. <laughs> <laughs> Josie was like, "No one should sound like this," and this is how they sound. <laughs> wow, it's so embarrassing. Uh, so embarrassing for you. Meanwhile, Grace and I are like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> Josie thinks we're so funny. Jesse, thanks for saying that. Jesse's just been bullying us this whole time. <laughs> this has been a real Mean Girls moment, and we're both Gretchen Wieners. Yay. No, or what's the... Is it Karen. Karen. We're both Karen. You're both yeah. Karen. Got a backwards K on. You're ESP. Not wrong. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, they were also waiting to send in a five-star request until they thought of something. You can all just right, you're all doing give it. us the request and send in your fake request later. It's okay. Hey it's guys. okay. It's yeah, okay. It's fine. It's, it's okay. Fine. You can always circle back. Anyway, my current idea is, um, so they wanted something that hasn't been written before and thought that we would do a good job at making it funny. Oh, God. Uh, 
Uh, we'll sure, see. Buddy. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, my current idea is a bit niche, so I wanted to ask if this is feasible. <laughs> and I'm currently studying architecture, and my yeah. friend and I were talking about fanfic with famous architects. And when I looked up, I could not find any. Is this a topic you could guys do? I'm not expecting any accuracy or anything like that. Just a crack ship of two famous architects. And then they offered to give us more information, and I declined. I mean, I, th- I, I mean, I think you reply. I think you. Re- I, re- I replied and was like, "Do you have a specific architect?" Because we've we've mentioned Grace Frank doesn't Lloyd know Wright about on this, on this podcast because I think he's from the Midwest, correct? Uh, and that's the reason we know who he is. I would assume some I of us know. know some things. I don't architecture, Grace. Yeah. I don't know anything else about architecture. I just know Frank Lloyd Wright is a person. I yeah. know, but I, Claire yeah. does. Yes. Claire probably does. I actually love architecture, so right. I don't know a ton. Um, but I saw you respond to her, and I chose to um, not do those architects that That's uh, she offered. So I went on a deep dive, and as you know, I am obsessed with Frank Lloyd Wright because he's crazy. And so I yes. was like, and so I was like, does Frank Lloyd Wright have a nemesis? And the answer is maybe, but maybe <gasps> not. I have to assume he had a nemesis. Sexy. So a sexy nemesis. Here is a little research. Number one, if you ever in any historical sense, uh, if you're like, was Josephine Bonaparte gay? The historians will be like, we can't know. People were Did weird Frank back White, then. Did have a boyfriend? No. Oh. He had a lot of mistresses oh. um, that he married. Ah. But, well, but, um, but his Fun. nemesis, uh, Philip Johnson, I think. I think what a he, bland name for a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I was like researching. So. Um, there's a book called like Architect Odd Couple, and it's ah. basically about how these two guys are like nemeses. But then I read another article that was like, this book is reading too much into a couple of interactions that these people had. And I was like, leave me alone, Washington Post. Let me live. Let me have my fun. I want to read this deep dive book about a yes. niche conspiracy that Frank Lloyd Wright had an enemies to lovers relationship with Philip Johnson. Yes. I am the drama. Yeah, I want to have the drama. Yeah, and the main thing, the main thing that this like reputable news source was saying about mm-hmm. this book was basically like because like Frank Lloyd Wright is much older than Philip Johnson, so they did have like an overlap Sexy. of like twenty years. But like, let me say, the architect drama peak drama. Because yes. some because some people are saying Philip Johnson never had a creative idea. He just like co-signed other people's designs. And you're like, oh, what? I need to look up some Rude. of this man's designs. One yeah. sec. <laughs> so Philip Johnson, I'll give you an abridged version. Philip Johnson's like most famous work is this place called Glass House. It's like this glass house. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a house that's like out in the woods and it's oh. four glass yes, walls. Yes. Yeah. And I think I've, I've seen this. it at least a picture of before. Yeah, yeah. And then Frank Lloyd Wright is like famous for like the prairie style. He also designed the Guggenheim in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he his most famous piece that most people know him by is for the Midwestern house Falling Water. Mm-hmm. That is this, um, it's like built over a waterfall. So he is from like Illinois. And then they had a lot of like contentious back and forth in that like Philip is based in, Philip, like I know him, Philip is based <laughs> in New York and he's like a New York guy. Yeah, yeah. And he designed like a couple Manhattan sure. buildings. Different, different, yeah. different thing. Uh, Philip Johnson is known for his like, moder- like brutal modernism. So mm-hmm. it's all very like yep. crisp lines, that kind of stuff. And then Frank Lloyd Wright is, he reinvented himself a couple of times and like Philip Johnson once insulted him or maybe didn't by saying he was the most famous architect of the 19th century, which it was the 20th century when he said that. Ha! So burn. (sighs) 
So or is he just? Could be a, I'm is he dumb. just stupid? No, is he exactly. just stupid? No, and that's the thing. And so, like, people would be like, "What did you mean by that comment?" And he was just like, "It doesn't mean anything." And you're like, "Does it?" Because like Frank Lloyd Wright, conversely, like took that as like, "You think I'm an old man with no good ideas?" So in like the Mean Girls kind of aesthetic, it seemed like really like Philip Johnson was like. I can't believe Frank Lloyd Wright is so obsessed with me. Like, I don't even talk about that dude at all. And Frank Lloyd Wright is like, this little bitch. This bitch has dissed me. He's like, what? On he's like, this day. And he's like, he ain't got nothing but bad ideas. Have you seen his building? This man he, is derivative as fuck. Be like, he asked me to collaborate on this tower in New York City. And I said, fuck no. no. Bitch, no. Like, that's their relationship. Anyway, here we are. And the fic is called. Glass houses. Oh, oh. Sons. but also Philip Johnson. Apparently, now that I know that, I feel so smart. <laughs> I know. Didn't think you were going to learn anything today. It had long grown dark in the studio. A single island of light appeared in the darkness, interrupted only by the outline of the man busy at work, Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> he swept away the fresh pencil shavings as he twirled his pencil across the page in great sweeping arcs. The Museum of Non-Objective Painting in New York City, which I understand that is what the Guggenheim wait, is. Wait, ex- wait, that was the original name of the Guggenheim? And I think what they mean is like the pictures are not portraits. Yes. It's but, not yes. objective but what, painting, but it's non-objective and, painting, which is different. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's just like, like this doesn't, I don't object to this. Does, this doesn't harass this me. This is an example of <laughs> how object. the art world and art critique, yeah. how their vernacular art and their ideology does not at all correspond with Correct. the actual fucking people no. who are supposed with to real be in life the museum. People. No. So here we are. The Museum of Non-Objective Painting in New York City. It would be its own work of art. Are you planning on using concrete there, old man? Yeah. A voice whispered over his shoulder. He started and whirled around. Nothing. There was no one but the darkness around him. Oh. Perhaps I should end for the day, Spooky. Frank said to himself <laughs> no in the drawing on his desk. It is late. <laughs> Does he have like a demon? <laughs> I don't know. Does he? This is giving me like Zidane Chara vibes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright is actually wearing jutes. He's got a demon, a gene demon over his shoulder. Why? Okay, real question: Why yes. have jutes not appeared in either fan fiction that we have read? We're not winking at ourselves. I tried I was... when I was writing this one. I yeah, tried really you're on hard. Level two, it's fine. Yeah, when I was writing this fic, I tried really hard to see where I could fit Jan Jixon in here, and then <laughs> and then I like and then it took such a rabid turn. I couldn't be like, and Jan Jixon was there. <laughs> Just a throwaway comment about like an advert. So I want you to know that Jan Jixon was there. Was there. She's just not mentioned. <laughs> she is Frank Lloyd Wright's real also, secretary. Oh. She was she was wearing jutes. That's she was wearing oh, jutes. She's wearing a full outfit. Yeah. Outfit. <laughs> what can I say? Continue. Uh, okay. It is late. He snapped off the lamp that illuminated his workstation and was plunged into darkness. His eyes cast around the space of his studio, looking for anything that may have been out of place as he went to retrieve his, ca- his cape and pork by hat. Yes, Frank Lloyd Wright wore capes. <laughs> Good. And Dude, pork by hat. What a look. He is a bold it. dresser. It almost looks modern, the voice whispered again. Almost like mine. Uh. Philip Johnson. Frank hissed. Show yourself. <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> He's just like a full like genie. <laughs> He's yes. just an apparition. An apparition. Yeah. He's not even a real man. A pair of round spectacles flashed in the trace moonlight as Philip turned towards Frank. 
<laughs> I don't know why this is so spooky, but it is. My, 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 working late, I see, Philip said, strutting towards the much older man. Anything I might be interested in? Come to steal my work, Frank said, backing up. Yes. You haven't had an original idea your whole life. <laughs> why do you insist on trying to hurt me, Philip said with a sneer. You know how much I have always respected you. This feels like role play. That backhanded compliment about being the greatest 19th century architect, Frank spat as his back made contact with the wall of his studio. Philip pinned him in, leaving only inches of space between them. But Frankie, darling, the back of my hand is so soft. <laughs> the Philip back of my ah! hand is ridiculous. <laughs> Philip cooed as he caressed the back of his hand on the side of Frank's face. I knew Grace would like that one. <laughs> Frank hated that he leaned into the last swoop of Philip's hand. He hated that he could feel the desire in his belly like a hot and dangerous snake coiling inside of him. Philip was his nemesis. Like a hot grape salad. You'll see. He's not a man. (laughs) This is not a human man. Philip was a nemesis, a sworn New Yorker, and everything that Frank hated about the direction of modern architecture. No, Frank insisted. I will not fall (laughs) to your devilish tricks. No. So you admit it Is he like Faust? (laughs) Uh, what I don't know. <laughs> that no. Deep cut. Deep no, cut. No. Theater deep cut. cut. Never mind. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> so you'd admit it then, Philip said, bringing his face impossibly close to Frank's. Admit to what? Frank whispered, and Philip was so close he could feel his own breath reflect off the other man. Oh, uh, what? That you're falling for me. Sexy. The words Hello. tickled over Frank's face in the wave of his breath, and their meaning sent an electric shock down his spine. The truth zinged around him like an angry swarm of bees, and he did the only thing that came to mind. He closed the gap. The sensation of Philip's lips on Frank's felt like it reverberated through his body, like when a sledgehammer contacts cement. His nerve endings rang out with the contact, and even in the silence, it was deafening. Who knew how long it took for Frank to come to his senses, but like a hand stilling a rung bell, he stopped reverberating all at once. Mm. No, he yelled out, his spine snapping straight. Cold sweat ran down his face, and it took him a minute to realize that he was not in his studio, but sitting up in bed. (gasps) It was just a dream, he said, putting a hand over his pounding heart. It wasn't real. Just a dream. We're not done. I'm still snapping. I still think it's good. He laughed to himself and turned to his companion before thinking better of it. He didn't have to wake Olga. Let her sleep. That's his like third wife who was a mistress. It's, he's got a crazy Hell yeah. Life. Anyway, cool. he didn't. Get it, Floyd? Yeah. He didn't have to wake Floyd. Olga. Let her sleep. It had only been a nightmare. They could laugh about it in the morning. He settled himself back onto his pillow and found himself gazing out at the surrounding woods. Woods? There were thick wooded areas and there weren't thick wooded areas in Scottsdale. And even if there were, he should not be able to see them on all four sides. Mm. With dawning horror, he realized he was in a glass house. <gasps> da, da, da. Perhaps his companion, his, his nemesis. Snap. There we are. And that was Glass House. I love that. What a weird Excellent. psychological thriller. I know, wild. Fun, fun, fun. So yeah, now everyone can go and say, I learned about architecture from a podcast, a comedy podcast about fan fiction. I know about and two architectives. Now. Totally historically accurate. At least somewhat. Most of the factoids. So here I am, wading into the fray about the architect odd couple. Yeah. I say, yes. Here we go. They had beef. They had they beef. Had beef. They had beef. Kissing beef. Kissing Thank beef. you, McKenners. Yeah, McKenners. Thank nice you, McKenners. Thank you for that. Uh, really Have fun in uh, architecture school. 
Yeah, that I hope. Hard. Uh, yeah, it sounds hard. Maybe and- one day we'll be running fic about you. <laughs> <gasps> so fun. You can add to the New York City skyline. Yeah. yeah. Like 10 most weeks. Yeah. <laughs> or in the middle of the woods. Or nothing. <laughs> or wherever you desire. Yes. Well. Grace, so, final fic. So it is from a listener named Lily who says, this show has been so amazing and a huge help to me. I am trans and came out last year at work as well as changed my name. Through all of that, in the most tough times, I can always turn to this podcast for a good laugh or a good fic. I recently joined the Patreon and have been loving all of those episodes too. So thank you, Lily, for being a listener and uh, all the, the love and hopefully smooth sailings of your coming out journey. That is, that is so fun. I hope it's good. Don't cry. Don't cry. Break. cry. <laughs> now I all cry. <laughs> I've had an idea stuck in my head and it might be too detailed for here, but here it is. For the fic, I was thinking of fake dating with Hermione and Luna mm. after Hermione gets into a fight with Ron. Thus, she takes Luna to the Yule Ball. <gasps> I love that. I Which, love that. I was like... Wait a minute. I don't think Ron and Hermione were going to go to the U-Ball together. No, they had a fight. No, but they do have a fight. I could not remember what it was about specifically. I think it's like Ron was basically like, you're not a girl. You're Hermione. Which like you don't count. Yeah, you don't count as a girl. I could classic, take classic also, girl of the friend no, group. Also, I actually Ugh. think what happened was Ron was like, you don't count as a girl, blah, blah, blah. But also, I think in his head, he was like, you're going to be available because no one's going to ask yeah. you out. He Which, was, yes. Yeah, he was. She was his backup. Yes. And then when the um, Victor Crumb, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then Crumb, mm-hmm. when Crumb asks her out. But we don't know that until the day of. That's true. Yes. When Crumb is high drama. Yes. Yeah. When he finds out that Crumb is the one taking her to the ball, then it's like, what? My what? backup is somebody else's like. Preferred partner? What? That's not. It's fair. a famous Quidditch player that, that I love and yeah. a champion. Yes. Right. So this is a bit of a um, AU where instead of that happening, <laughs> uh, we have not met Luna in the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, which is the only time they have the U ball because it's like a Triwizard Tournament yep, 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 yep. festivity. So instead, I've kind of like redirected why we're here. So here is my. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna keep this title. It's and more attention, which is a pun on amortensia, which is a love spell. Wow, that's not your best work. (sighs) I know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There's no love potion. I was just like, man, I don't know what to call this fic. I've got an odd favor to ask if you don't mind, Luna began softly. She was walking astride Hermione on their way from a Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, ancient ruins study group they had joined. (laughs) Of course, Luna. What is it? Hermione replied, I did way too much studying yeah. no, of I like that. what classes they would be taking as third yeah. and fourth years. Yeah. So where we landed here. That's the nerdy landed. shit I love. No, that's great. Luna had a charming oddness to her that Hermione could appreciate. She was smart, but didn't seem to have many friends. Not unlike her, how Hermione had felt during her first year at Hogwarts. Aww. I know. She had only met the girl this year, but even as a third year, Hermione didn't quite understand why the girl hadn't connected well, even with her fellow Ravenclaws. Well, I had written my name down to stay over holiday, the blonde began looking dreamily toward the upper corner of the hallway ceiling. I thought I was going to be asked to the Yule Ball by Samson Pepsby. I was waiting and waiting for him to ask when I heard he'd ask someone else. The lilt in her voice dropped slightly in disappointment for a moment before returning to the matter at hand. Now it'll seem so silly that I'm here without an invitation, and I can't go on my own since I'm only a third year. I was wondering, well, would you take me? You're asking me to the Yule Ball? Hermione was surprised, but pleasantly. 
She secretly believed that someone else would ask her, an annoying redhead with whom she'd gotten into a wretched fight with just that morning. Uh, annoying redhead? Who could that be? <sighs> Fred Weasley? One of the Weasleys. Fred Jenny? would never. Fred? Fred would never. Fred would never. Bill? George? Fred? Charlie? Who knows? <laughs> All of them kind of annoying. <laughs> in, their, in their own special way. In their own unique ways. On the most, though. When he refused to apologize, Hermione had decided to be done with him and take herself to the ball. This, ah, power move, however, would work out even better. Hermione stopped where she stood to face her friend fully. I'd be honored to take you, Luna. You would? Luna spoke with soft delight. Without a doubt. And you can even do me a favor in return, Hermione replied, the girls breaking out into giggles before scampering down the hall. <laughs> They're 13 or 14. Scampering like a Scampering. Like squirrel. Like little squirrels. <laughs> skitter, skitter, skitter. <laughs> that's, that's my foliage. That's the noise they make while they're, while they're that's, scampering. That's what laughing sounds like. <laughs> that's what my laugh sounds like. <laughs> After a barrage of questioning from Harry, Ron, and Draco of all people, Hermione was glad the day of the Yule Ball had finally arrived. She walked gracefully towards the entrance hall, arm at arm with Luna. Together, the girls had gotten ready with a few hair-smoothing charms, dress robe touch-ups, practice dance moves, and all on top of Hermione's newly shortened teeth. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. famously, yep. 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 Draco had given her fangs. She went to Madame Pomfrey, and Madame Pomfrey was like, tell me when. And she was like, when? <laughs> <laughs> so her teeth are magically uh, a little less bucked. A little less chipmunk. Luna swooshed the flowing skirt of her glittery silver gown the puppy sleeve slightly itchy against Hermione's bare arms. Gotta turn some heads. I gotta, I gotta make my 13-year-old date like real, real high fashion. Like a real sparkle. Real sparkly girl. Yeah. Real when he sees me roll up in this. With this sparkly blonde, <laughs> he's gonna be so jealous. Yeah. She had scarcely seen the other girl's face without a pair of colorful glasses, and it was a lovely sight, especially with Luna's gaze bouncing between the magical shimmer of her skirt, the dazzling decor on the ceiling, and finally landing on Hermione with a shy smile. In return, Hermione took Luna's hand and placed it on top of her bicep, like a proper date would do to their gentlemen. She spotted Ron and Harry not too far off in the entrance hall with Parvati and Padma. Harry, she could swear, had looked right at her without seeing her. She huffed with the annoyed intent to go up to them and say hello, before Luna interrupted her idea. May I have this dance? Luna inquired as the doors of the hall opened to the swell of music from within. Mm. As wonderful as that sounded, Hermione had to hesitate. I should probably go and say hi to my friends. Luna caught the hint of sadness in her date's eye. Show off a little first. How will you ever make Ron jealous without him seeing someone else on your arm? You know what? I don't even want to make him jealous anymore. He isn't worth it. Go, Hermione. Really? Yes, go, Hermione. But you've spent so much time on your hair and practicing your dancing. And I have you to share it with, Hermione interrupted slightly, before pulling Luna excitedly to the dance floor. After a few songs, Hermione hardly took notice when Parvati gawked at her in disbelief, or when Ron nearly shouted, Who are those two? Hermione? What's she doing? Or when Malfoy nearly concussed himself when he ran into Crab's back after staring at the girls carelessly waltzing <laughs> through their path. I love how Hermione is like low-key a canon in this fic. It's also still almost happening. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. But it's not. But it's not. I'm so glad you asked me to ask you here, Hermione smiled, finally taking a break at one of the small tables littering the hall. I'm glad I asked you to ask me too. Wow. <laughs> Hermione looked up at Luna, seeing her so clearly, her long hair framing her face so beautifully. There was a gleam in Luna's eye. The glint could have been a reflection of a sparkle on her dress, 
the flame of the candle on the table, or from the hundreds of lights floating above them. But Hermione knew that this light was brewing from inside Luna herself. A gleam that sparked something equally bright and brilliant within Hermione's chest. She couldn't imagine spending the evening with anyone else. Aww. The end. So cute. So cute. Little friends. My little heart. I think they would be friends. They're both weird and smart. Yeah. <laughs> weird and smart. Both weird. So that's my last pick. It was beautiful. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Who was this again? Lily. Thank you, Lily. Whoa. Not Potter. Not no, Potter. A different Lily. <laughs> Lily, not Potter. Lily, not Potter. <laughs> Claire, what are we ending on? So our last request comes from uh, the commune, uh, and they is that left a pun. Yeah, like like commune. A, yeah. Wait, wait. Is wow. this a podcast? Um, I want to say yes. What? We have a couple of podcasts that follow us. I mean, and yes, but I, I don't love know all what, of them. But I don't I know what's commune. <laughs> yeah, I think their description says we are a call. I mean, commune. <laughs> Check out the Discord. <laughs> Anyway, so okay. they left us a five-star review. Check out the Discord. Yeah, they they left us a five-star review on Spotify, and they said, hello, I love this podcast so much, I have finally caught up. So they have requested a fic that says, IDK, if any of you have been into Barbie, but it was in my entire childhood. It was want, my entire childhood. Mine as well. I am lost. And I would like to request a Barbie fanfic. I was thinking Princess and the Popper, where yes. the four at the end get married to each other, because yes. that was totally a poly wedding. Yes. Um, I don't care who writes it, I just know you both do it fantastic. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Have not seen. So Barbie the Princess and the Popper abridged. Mm -hmm. There are two babies born on the same day who look identical. They are not twins. One, no. One is a princess and one is a popper. One has blonde hair. One is a brunette. That is why she is the princess. Nope. Because she's blonde. Yes, correct. The poor one is a princess. Anyway, the plot is that the kingdom is going financially under. And so the princess whose father has died, they've decided that the best way for financial security is for her to marry a king from a rich kingdom. And there is an advisor who he wants to be king. And so he hatches a plan that he will kidnap the princess. And so the king will be like, oh, no, no, princess, I'll just go home. And then he'll be like, whoa, I found her. Look, and then she'll be so grateful that she'll want to marry me. Sure. And then, and I'm also rich because I've Fair. been embezzling from the kingdom. Yes. And so ah, he has a whole is. evil song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the princess meets the popper on, she like is having a sad day. So her like best friend that she's like kind of in love with, Julian, who is a man, um, is like, let me take you into the city so that you can like decompress from all this stressful life. <laughs> and and she's like, twin. Yeah. And he, they don't know they're going to meet the twin. They Obviously. like meet by happenstance. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. And then they sing the song that's like I'm just like you where she's like you're just like you she's like you're just like me and they're not at all like each other aside from looks but they're both like we both like hot breakfast but we're both people yeah they both yeah yeah yeah. It's like they, they have things in common no they do have things in common but it's just like on some level on face level the song I'm just like you is like when I want hot breakfast I ask the maid to bring it for me and then the popper is like when I want hot breakfast I have to jump through all I these I have hoops. to make it myself and it costs me money and it's really a tough and time it's a lot of work but it's great and I'm just like you uh, you're just like <laughs> me you're just like me and I was like we both like omelets that can't you see like <laughs> No, um, they become friends and then the princess does get kidnapped. And so Julian is like, 
I know about this weird identical twin you have. We will make her pretend to be the princess mm. so we can like sort this out. Um, and they do that. And she, and then while she is described as the princess, the king arrives and he falls in love with her because they have they have things in common because like she's a singer. He likes music. They like, you know, chat and fall in love. And then they're like, oh, no, but I'm not who you think I am. Opposites. Um, Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then shenanigans, you know, obviously shenanigans, shenanigans and Sue's. And at the very last scene, is they both get married at the same time and so like the king and julian are at the end of the aisle and then they like both get married and then they go away on the carriage all together um because we have to merchandise this for barbie carriage double weddings are normal and it's beautiful and it's great and so i want to uh, go to a double wedding that's on my bucket list i, I need know. people to I make don't it know happen. anybody who's ever had no a I, no it's probably never gonna happen but no. i want to attend one of them right oh, it seems so weird right <laughs> it's weird so what i have titled this is princess and the poly ah. oh. oh maybe a little obvious but anyway. no i like it i'm so um, for that anyway so here we go are you sure this is a good idea of course it's a good idea, Annalise said, tucking her hair behind Erica's ear in a soothing gesture. But will it work? Erica said, voicing her true fear. Annalise took both of Erica's hands in her own, their near-identical blue eyes meeting. I've Oh, that's the other thing. They Everyone is like, they're imperceivable, but they do have a plot point that the queen is like not wearing her glasses the whole time. So I have yeah. to assume they like... Don't actually look like, oh, exactly exactly like. So we sure, were so sure. Mattel Just was still mostly. trying to be like a mother would know. Yeah, if that was not her daughter. Right, yeah, but fair. anyway, I've read the laws very carefully. Annalise said very mm-hmm. firmly. At the end of the day, we will all be married. Cute. Um. Oh, and like An- Annalise is like we're gonna super into like science and like studying and uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica squeezed Annalise's hand. I trust you, and both women knew what those words really meant. I love you. Standing at the end of the aisle, King Dominic, that's his name, King Dominic and Julian were waiting for the ceremony to start. Do you have the rings? The officiant asked. Yes, Dominic and Julian said at the same time, uh, at at the same time, patting their breast pocket. They laughed at their synchronization, the magnitude of the day and what they were about to do, seasoning the laughter. Is Julian also a king? No. Oh, I'm thinking of Julian is like an advisor. So he's just a regular, Ah, he's a regular, regular dude. You've rehearsed all of your vows, the officiant questioned. And I'm making them as vague as possible. These are royal weddings, and they must go off without a hitch. Yes, we've covered everything, Julian said, looking over at the marriage certificates placed off to the side, ready for their signatures. Good, because the ceremony is about to start. And with that, the officiant signaled for the audience to rise to their feet, and the music from the organ began the processional march. Erica and Annalise linked arms as they walked down the aisle. Ever since they had found one another, they had been inseparable, and they vowed from this day forth they would never be apart again. No matter the circumstance of Julian or Erica's birth, they would ensure that they would always be together. They remained linked together as they reached King Dominic and Julian. Dominic linked with Erica's left arm, while Julian linked with Annalise's right. They're all touching! The four of them, a chain of links that could yes. not be broken. Yes. The yes. officiant turned to Erica, for her rank was the lowest among the group. Mm. Do you, Erica... Take Julian to be your wedded husband. I do, she said confidently. The officiant then turned to Julian. And do you, Julian, take Princess Annalise to be your wedded wife? Ooh, okay. There was a murmur that went through the crowd. (gasps) This did not seem to be a traditional wedding. Mm. But Julian ignored them. I do, he said. Princess Annalise was next. 
She had spent a great many hours studying the laws of both her own and Dominic's lands. Why would they have laws preventing this? It's so weird. <laughs> neither, uh, neither were allowed to marry below their station unless by special permission of the king. But her father, the king, had been dead for many years. But that didn't mean she couldn't marry a king of her own. Mm. Princess Annalise. So the king just has to marry Erica. Yeah. Okay. You'll see. Okay. If you'll okay. see. Okay. okay. I'm, on, I'm on board. Princess Annalise, do you take the King Dominic to be your husband? We're just, we're building a chain we're, up. We're, yeah, we're, cha- up. We're, we're chaining up. up. We're chaining up. Yeah, yep. Yes, she said, beaming first at Erica and Dominic on her left, then over to Julian on her right. And King Dominic, do you decree that these marriages be lawful and also take Princess Annalise with her husband, Julian, and wife Erica as your associated husband and or wives? There you go. The no o- objections. The officiate read carefully from the script that Princess Annalise had prepared for them. It's like a legal document. <laughs> yes. Science. I do decree Science? it. Yeah. I do decree it. And I say, I do, King Dominic said, squeezing happily into his link with Erica. Please present your rings for a blessing. Dominic and Julian each pulled eight rings from their breast pocket, totaling rings. 16 rings. rings between them. <laughs> each... <laughs> That seems like too many. Maybe it's supposed to be 12. No, no, this is actually I did the math wrong. You're also marrying yourself. We're all... Yourself and everybody else here. You should have three rings. Each person should have three rings. It should be three. Unless you're also marrying yourself. So 12 rings. There should be 12 rings. A ring for fun. I love 16. It's like how you get an extra spank on your birthday. It's for good luck. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Extra ring for good luck. You're also marrying like the vicar, whoever is marrying. Each person is a gemstone. Yeah, one. Yes. Yes. As you one represents you. This is my shit. No, you this. you will see in my very next sentence. All right. I each know. was a thin band bearing a tiny gemstone signifying each of their birthdays. Yes. A crisp birthstones. Blue- yes. Cut. Cut. A crisp blue aquamarine, which is Barbie's birthstone. She is in March. And yes. then the rest of these are just made up. Made up. But I can kind of explain. Okay. So a crisp blue aquamarine, a rich pink garnet, which she does have like a pink ring um and garnet is like pinkish is like january mm-hmm. yeah it's like yeah i think it's january yeah a glittering diamond which i think is Grace. april april and that's just for fun and then a violet amethyst it's that at a certain point i was like i've just linked all of them but you oh, could have made them our gemstones oh i know but there's only three of us i thought about that yeah but here was the all, yeah each person should have three rings I know. I did almost make it our birthstones, and then I was like, nah. I don't know. We almost did. Well, yeah. yeah. And so the final okay. one's a violet amethyst, and that mm-hmm. is because in the Princess Luna Popper, they find the like purple gems. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has that pink ring, and I just arbitrarily picked diamond, sure, but it could have sure, been. Sure. Well, the other part is I liked the pink and blue because the whole thing is like is pink very pink and, and blue. blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah you so get pink and blue. make yeah. it pink, make it blue. Yeah, sure. exactly. Makes Arbitrary sense. reasons. Insert, I get it. Yeah, insert your own gemstones. Anyway. All had been mined under Annalise's direction in her once-thought-depleted gold mines. The exchanging of the rings followed the vows. Erica placed her ring on each of her spouse's ring fingers, followed by Julian, then Annalise, and lastly Dominic. Four fingers dazzled with the constellation of their love, and four pairs of eyes were misted over with emotion. Cute. By the power vested in me, by the joint powers of His Royal Highness King Dominic and Her Royal Highness Princess Annalise, I now pronounce you husbands and wives, husband and husband, wife and wife. (laughs) 
You may now kiss, kiss each other. <laughs> you may now kiss whomever you see fit to at this moment. Yo, kiss all at the same time. You may now all kiss everyone in a mush of mush. Yes. Mush, mush all of your lips together. Mush all okay, yes. lips together at once. <laughs> the confusion of the kiss. audience was palpable as the couples mm. kissed. Anna, I mean, yeah. Annalise and Jillian, Erica and Dominic. But the excitement from the crowd quickly won over the confusion as they all subconsciously yeah. decided it was better to be happy for the complex couples rather than try to untangle the transitive merit of property oh that had just God. taken... Hey. Wait, Grace! Wait, Grace! I have a sentence for you in here. Untangle the transitive marriage property that had just taken place before them. Even the mathematicians in the audience who wanted to state that this was not how the transitive property <laughs> works, this was how love works. <laughs> This is how love works, Grace. And from that day forward, the kingdoms that had previously been separately appointed to Dominic and Annalise became one kingdom, jointly ruled by the king, queen, and their consorts for many peaceful and prosperous years of their reign. For they had made a place that was theirs, a place where dreams could come true, which is a callback to the song, You're Just Like Me. I'm I'm just like you. So yes. They successfully linked them all together. Snaps for that. What a fun legal what time. A fun, to what a, a fun wedding. time. I, I do it. decree it. I have looked at the legal language and I, this is how we do it. Because I was like, the That's main really reason funny. Annalise can't marry Julian and the king can't marry Erica is because there are royalty. They're loyal. St- and so I was like, if we build, build from lowest up. to highest, and then the king is like, this is Gucci, then like, it's all what good. A, what a lo- logician way to marry four people. That makes sense. I love it. That was husband and wives. And husband, husband and husband. husband and, and wife and wife. wife. <laughs> That's really cute. Yes. Thanks. Who is this for? Kaumun. Thank you, Kaumun. Thank you, Kaumun. I hope you are happy with this excellent request. Poly relationship. Hell yeah. They're uh, just like us. They're just like us. They're just like us. We're just like you. Who could, re- who could refuse it? And married. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I don't refuse it. Huh. Good times. That's really funny. But yeah, so there we are. <laughs> What a beautiful conclusion yeah. to season six. What a beautiful what a fun con- ending. Yeah, yeah, love. Uh, so many fandoms. So much knowledge. <laughs> so many fix. So many words. And with that, this is the end of season six. Let's cry. get sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so in the off season, if you want to be sexy, we will continue to be sexy. Slash if you miss us, because yeah. we will be off. We, yes, we will be taking a break. Yes, as per usual, we will be gone. We might do some bonus episodes. We don't know when we're going to be back for sure yet. So if you want to hang out with us and be sexy, two birds, one stone, we are on Patreon. You can give us $5 or more if you really want to uh, at patreon.com slash podcast. And if you would like to stay in contact with us, you can follow us on any of our social medias. We are Fine Pairings Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, Tumblr, Tumblr. Yep. and we are Fine Pairings Pod on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Damn it, Facebook. Or you can also get in touch with us at fineparingspodcast at gmail.com, which many, many people did in order to send us their five-star fic requests, which can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And we really appreciate them, especially on the off-season, because it shows us that you're still listening, even though we are not currently updating. But we will be back, eventually. Yes. One day. Someday. Final thoughts. Final thoughts, thoughts of the season? Less sexy than I thought. <laughs> Turns out redoing things is um, not sexy. A re what? doing it, <laughs> redoing but redoing it. it 
is not as sexy as doing it. Just cathartic. These are your thoughts? <laughs> no, I don't I don't have thoughts, unfortunately. Okay, okay. These are the thoughts that are coming to mind. Sure. Um, and I'm not saying they're good ones. I'm just saying they're there. They're there. I feel a whoop coming up. All right. <laughs> we feel a, a whoop, whoop coming whoop, up. A whoop. <laughs> Josie, do you have thoughts? This was fun. I'm excited. I think we're going to, uh, we'll leave some breadcrumbs on the Instagram and such. Mm. Uh, follow us everywhere. Follow us wherever you, your heart desires. But Instagram, I think, is where we have like the most interaction, especially oh, yeah. in terms of like future seasons, what we're doing. Off season, behind the scenes. Blah, blah, blah. Business. Uh, send us thoughts. I hope you're doing well. And we will see you next time. Later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Whoop. Okay. Whoop. Whoop. I, I-